Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grabs, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And a handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Alright, so, welcome in to the Blitz podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by Tyler North today. Uh, we just did this whole rigmarole um, about 20 minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no shit show, maybe? That's a, that's the best way to describe the situation. But anyway, um, we were live. An unfortunate event. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a perfect way to put it. But um, we were live on Twitch as of... 10 minutes ago, but, um, yeah, college Wi-Fi, I got the best of Kane Schwartz today, so if I could throw hands with a router, I would, but until we figure out the Wi-Fi problems, we're going to do a, just a regular recorded version, man, no pressure, you know, take it back old school yeah, we're doing time, right, we're running the old school, the old school joint, um, but yeah, it's me and Tyler's first run together. Solo. So, how you feeling, man? Doing great, man. Doing great, yeah. Just finished up the uh, Super Bowl, and, and, like, we were chatting about it. sucks that uh, now we, you know, at first it was like, oh, man, now we got no more Monday or Thursday night games, and now we just have no games. So, um, it's going to depend on us to deliver the news, I guess, to the public and to our listeners here over the next coming months as everybody goes into hibernation. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for it. Excited to, uh, like you said, our, our first episode together. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have a kick-ass episode, even if it didn't work on uh, on on Twitch. You know, we'll we'll still put out an episode for the listeners. Yeah, for sure. And anybody anybody who doesn't catch me and Tyler's first full podcast run through together, it's just a bump. Like you need to come yeah, on, man. Get out. But those who are listening right now, <laughs> we appreciate you. Shout out to you guys. Um. All right, let's dive into it. All right. Let's dive into the Super Bowl recap. So we had Super Bowl 56 go on this past Sunday. Uh, we were talking about it last week, what our plans were and everything. I know I had fun. Um, we did end up finishing both of those huge silver things that we got for the Super Bowl. So that was sweet. Uh, there was concerns that we might waste it and have to pour it out at the store, but Nope, that wasn't the case. So we had a good time. Hope you had a good time, my brother, and hope everybody listening had a good time. But let's dive into the specifics of it, huh? All right. So final score in this one was Rams 23, Bengals 20. It was down to the wire. Uh, Bengals looked like they had they had it in hand for a little bit there, but then the Rams came roaring back. So it was no uh, surprise to anyone. That Joe Burrow was on his back a lot in this game. Um, it's Who Day Nation down here in Lexington. And I was telling Cincy fans all week, it's does not matter how good Joe Burrow is at throwing the football. It is really hard to throw that football when you're on your ass, dude. And that's what happened in this Super Bowl. So, Joe Burrow was sacked seven times which is tied for most in Super Bowl history. Uh, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, both got two sacks each. 
So that Rams front, no joke, man, like we were talking about leading up. But he took a combined 70 sacks in the regular season and the playoffs combined, which is the third the most taken sacks in NFL history by any quarterback. What do you think, yeah. man? It, it made the Super Bowl. Like, absolutely wild that you can endure that. And, like, um, one of the things we were talking about was not only is it that many sacks, but it's that many sacks after you just tore your ACL in the previous season, which is just an absolute beating that you've been taking. And I know we've talked about it. We've probably talked everybody's ear off about it, about how the Rams need – I mean, the Rams, the Bengals need to beef up their O-line this uh, offseason. And, you know, whether it's the draft, whether it's uh, in free agency, that's their number one concern. And if they don't address that, they're – not going to get any better uh, they're probably only going to get worse and you're going to keep letting your quarterback take these hits and it's not going to bode well for him either so um yeah I, I expect him to really dive into that category because like we said uh, you know you had nine against the titans seven against the uh the rams i mean that's just a, an abundance of sacks that doesn't even include the times he was hit or hurried or anything like that so just absolute beating that joe burrow took uh, in this game and um, you know, he, he actually suffered a, uh, a, an MCL injury. Won't have to get injury. I mean, won't have to get surgery luckily, but um, you know, that's a devastating injury and that's, we saw it, you know, he was hobbled uh, toward the end of that game and eventually you take that many beatings. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And Aaron Donald would have gotten a third sack if Joe Burrow hadn't thrown the ball away there. Uh, we were talking about it actually right after the Super Bowl happened. Like, I thought it was a sack at first. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he did throw that ball away. So, yeah, would have would have made Here's it. Here's a question. Yeah. If, if, if he had sacked him or if he had forced a fumble, do you think Aaron Donald would have won MVP? Well, I actually heard something interesting about that. Um, they picked the MVP before the two-minute warning. Isn't that wild? Yeah. How can you do that? I know. Ridiculous. What happens if the Bengals win? I have no clue. I guess they have to do some kind of reverse, but... They must they, they must say, like, before the two-minute warning, these are two guys. Like, it's either T. Higgins and Cooper Cup or Joe Burrow and Cooper Cup or something like that. But that's that's wild to me. That you, it's, it's just like the regular season MVP. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they pick... If it's close, maybe they pick an MVP for both sides before the two-minute warning. Because I read somewhere, like, there were multiple people who would have easily put Aaron Donald as their MVP who were picking, but could not because it was... The dude, Dom, I mean, I was a little biased <laughs> considering uh, the the prop bet of Aaron Donald to an MVP. But, um, I mean, he absolutely dominated the, the, the game in the second half. I know Cooper Cup did what he had to do. Some of that was Matt Stafford, though. Some of that was his incredible route running. So I'm not going to take anything away from Cooper Cup there. But, yeah, I mean, that man did everything on the defensive side of the ball and then some to to will his team to a victory. I mean, Aaron Donald, in my opinion, should have gotten MVP. But I'm not going to say that Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup shouldn't have. So Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So we mentioned how much uh... – Joe Burrow got sacked in this game, how much he was under pressure all season, uh, third most taken sacks in NFL history. Um, But after we've had time to really digest what the Bengals have done and what Joe Burrow has done this year, um, after we have time to digest that playoff run and their really hot end end of the regular season, now that we've had some time, where are you putting Joe Burrow among the cream of the crop in the AFC quarterbacks? Because you got... 
Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and those are the guys I think we have in the question here. So where are you putting them among those guys right there? Yeah, you know, you can go either way with this in the sense of him being three, four, or five. Um, I think Mahomes is one. I still got Josh Allen at two. And I think that there's a clear division between those two and the rest of the quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, but I have Burrow at three, but you could, and then I have Lamar at four and Herbert at five, but you can, those three are interchangeable. If somebody were to say, Hey, I've got Herbert at three or Lamar at three, no argument for me. And then if they were to have Burrow at five, I understand as well. But I think that those five are clear cut above all the other AFC um, quarterbacks. Like I said, I think it's Mahomes and Allen are one and two. I would definitely lean Mahomes right now over Allen. Uh, I mean, he beat him again. You can say what you want with overtime rules and all that other shit. But Mahomes did beat Josh Allen again. Um, Josh Allen uh, has played in one one championship game, right? And and he lost it last year to Mahomes. So next year is going to be a next year is a huge year. Um, and don't <clears throat> I don't mean to get off subject too much here, but we have five quarterbacks that all five have something to prove and they're all five super young. Like can Mahomes come back after losing in the AFC championship game, which is where he started his career losing in the AFC championship game. Can Burrow come back after taking his team to the Super Bowl? Can Josh Allen get over that hump and finally get to the Super Bowl? Will Lamar Jackson get to a championship game and be able to prove himself? And finally, will Justin Herbert get his team to the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs? It is five super interesting storylines because all these guys are young. All these guys are good. And they've all got something to prove next year. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't come at a better time, right? I mean, we've got all of our old childhood quarterbacks out of town now, you know, like Brady's gone. Rodgers we saw we saw, well, we saw what the third fourth oldest quarterback in the league just win the Super Bowl and Matthew Stafford like yeah. Stafford Stafford mm-hmm. is now in that category with where we saw Big Ben and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and, and Rivers and Breeze all those guys so it, it's wild that you know you know it, it always goes in a cycle but it's weird that it's right in front of our eyes and, and we got to embrace it for sure I know exactly but it gives us something to do you can't pout too much about all of our old childhood quarterbacks leaving because we got a hell of a future ahead of us you know the league is in good hands yeah for sure and that's like our coverage period you know like we're going to be covering all this for the years to come so hype for that hype for that but yeah I gotta agree with you man um I'm putting them at three no debate Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, easily in front of him. No questions about it. Uh, I've seen Who do you have first. at one? Uh, hmm. You know, it's tough for me. Um, I'm going Josh Allen uh, just because really what I – and it might be a little bit of recency bias, but we saw Patrick Mahomes completely shut down in the second half against Cincy in the AFC Championship game. And despite Josh Allen losing against the Chiefs in the playoffs, uh, that was not his fault. Um, he did everything a human or uh, I don't know if you consider Josh Allen human. He did everything a quarterback should have done and more. But um, yeah, so I probably got Josh Allen one. Also, uh, I really hate Patrick Mahomes' family. So that probably has a lot to do with the that can't uh, affect it. Come on. You, know? you, can't, <laughs> you can't throw that into a factor of why you have one quarterback. Above no, bro. It's I'll... not like I mean to. It's just like it's kind of in the back of my head. For sure. For sure. I I will say this. I think that people like after this year's game want to put Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes 
in, in my opinion, I understand that argument, but I think what we've seen is Josh Allen collectively progress over the last, over his entire career, whereas Patrick Mahomes jumped so high up and that he stayed at that high level. It's so hard to keep progressing when you're already that high. And we take that for granted and we factor that in because we aren't seeing him continue, continually progress. You know, he won the AFC championship game. I mean, uh, lost the AFC championship game, then won the Super Bowl. How do you top that? You, you yeah. can't. What's he done? He's made it to four straight AFC championship games, two Super Bowls. I mean, like I said, a lot to prove next year, but I think that that's why he gets docked down a little bit is because he started that high. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. But I will say that Josh Allen can do things that Patrick Mahomes can't. Like, I think Josh Allen can do everything that Patrick Mahomes can. Like, I think uh the same kind of throw all right so like across the body like majestic throws that's just not josh allen can perfectly do that he's just not that kind of guy he's looking to make the i think what you're i think what you're looking at is is the body stature of josh allen because he's a guy that can shake off hits will run and and you know he's i'm not gonna say he's a run first quarterback but like it's one b you know it's right there he's a weapon in the run game uh patrick mahomes is not a weapon You saw it down the stretch in the Bills Chiefs game. I mean, how many times did they just run a read option or just run quarterback draw to the left? Just go ahead, Josh, run, run for the first down. Like it's simple. Absolutely. And and you're right. There are some things that he can't do, but I also think that there's some things in the passing game that Patrick Mahomes can do over Josh Allen. I think it's closer in the passing game, obviously, than it is like in any other job, not just the running game, because obviously Josh Allen's much better running than Patrick Mahomes. But like, I think the passing aspect Super close. Uh, All the other intangibles, I'm taking Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's – I think Patrick Mahomes is more mature than Josh Allen, like in a a lot of senses. So, like, last year they had a a really good regular season, and then, um, you know, they lost to the Chiefs. Well, this year, you know, they could have had a chance at a number one seed had they beaten the Jags. You know, had they taken care of business in in a game that they should have won – I mean, you should never be in that situation against the Jags. I know the Colts are in it. But, like, if you're going to contend for a Super Bowl, you can't be in that situation. And I think these are learning curves as Josh Allen progresses in his career where he understand, like, where he's starting to understand, I can't lose those games. Like, those are games that I have to win because why? Then we get home field advantage in the playoffs. That's what that bodes down to because if you're playing those games in Buffalo, I mean, if you're playing that Chiefs game in Buffalo, I mean, come on. I would, I would take the bills hundred percent. So there's, and, and, and last year as well in, in the uh, AFC championship, you know, probably take the bills at home if they're playing at home. So I think he's starting to realize that, you know, it, it's, it, it takes time, you know, becoming a veteran and being thrown into a situation where there really was nothing for like the, your entire life. I mean, the bills were, have been dog shit. I mean, really, truly my entire life since those Super Bowls, they've been nothing. So I think, like I said, day by day, game by game, week by week, Josh Allen is progressively getting better for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, Patrick Mahomes, he's already at that elite level. So it's hard to go up from there, you know, but since we're seeing, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. But as far as Joe Burrow, um, I'm putting him ahead of Herbert and Lamar uh, just because of the playoff experience alone, uh, being able to get his own when the game was on the line, like it was in Kansas city at the end of the regular season, when he needed to come up with a win to get his team to the playoffs he could do it. And Lamar didn't really have the opportunity at the end of this year, but, you know, there's been some questions about Lamar's uh, playoff ability and Justin Herbert. I mean, he shit the bed. I mean, he did play a really good game against Vegas, but 
Joe Burrow ends up on the ground nine times in a game in the playoffs and still finds a way to win. Like I again, these these quarterbacks are are realizing, like I said, learning curves as you go. Justin Herbert lost to the Texans in Houston. I know that the, the Chargers were injured in that game, but once again, you want to get into the playoffs. You can't lose that fucking game. I mean, you can look at, uh, the, like I said, the Bills, the Ravens lost to the Dolphins, which we thought was a terrible loss at the time. Um, and the only team that really truly didn't have a bad loss, I mean, the Bengals lost to the Jets. The only team, the Titans lost to the Jets. The only team that didn't have a bad loss was the Chiefs. They were the only team that really didn't have a, a hard blemish on their resume compared to, I think their worst loss was to the Chargers this year. So it, it's just something where, like I said, Mahomes has been through it. And he understands it now. And that's why he's not, that's why he doesn't suffer those tumultuous losses against these, these bottom tier teams. Whereas all these other quarterbacks have, because they're still learning. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely got a point there. All right. Let's move on from the uh, AFC quarterback talk, but damn, am I excited? The last thing, the last thing I'm going to say is like, I am. So I don't think I've, I being an NFC fan, like, I don't think I've been so excited for the AFC, like for, as I am next year, like I, it's, other than like when you had Brady and Roger, I mean, Brady and uh, Manning and Big Ben, Eli, Rivers, that whole crew coming up ever since then. I mean, it's probably been 20 years since we've had this much hype for one conference with this young group of quarterbacks. Yeah. And it felt like for a while and obviously after this, we need to move on. But um, in the middle there, like we it seemed like you had the guys like Eli and Brady and well, Brady, obviously earlier, but you had guys like Eli, big Ben, Phillip rivers, Drew Brees, Drew Brees a little earlier, but yeah, you know, that group. And then you had like eight years where it was just terrible as far as drafting quarterbacks, like as far as looking for a franchise guy and a guy that has a chance to be in the hall of fame, it was terrible. Marcus Russell. Yeah. Like guys like that, like Jake Locker. Christian Ponder, EJ yeah. Manuel. Yeah, exactly. We just had dogs. Blaine Gabbard. Yeah. yeah. Johnny no. Manziel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield. Baker Brady Mayfield. Quinn. Yeah. I mean, it's just been dog shit. But now we're finally seeing those franchise guys, those franchise right. quarterbacks come up. And we haven't seen them since the likes of Mannings and Brady. We thought we were going to get it with RG3 and Andrew Luck. Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Those guys were drafted what less than ten years ago, or ten years ago this year. I know, twelve. Wild, twelve. All right, let's move on um, into more of the Super Bowl talk. But uh, I want to ask you, man. I've had a lot of Cincy fans be like, "Oh, we went to the Super Bowl this year. As soon as we fix that offensive line, that's the only issue. As soon as we fix that offensive line, we're right back in the Super Bowl." Um, I respectfully disagree with every single one of you. Um, the odds right now for Cincy to win the Super Bowl next year, uh, plus 1,400. They have the eighth best odds in the NFL, which isn't too shabby. But, dude, people forget how improbable this run was, like especially the Bengals fans. Like they they all of a sudden turn their mindset into like, oh, we are here because we are one of the best teams in football. Um, you started out – the year third worst odds to win the Super Bowl out of everyone and they seem to have forgot during this whole playoff process that nobody expected this you know like this is an underdog run and then Joe Burrow tried to convince everybody that it wasn't dude it was this is the Bengals that nobody expected this so you fix the offensive line and you think you're going to be back in the Super Bowl uh no 
that's not going to happen. You have so many other issues that you have to address. So many, that's a stretch, but you have other issues to address. I mean, that secondary is definitely nothing to cry home about. Uh, your linebacker core outside of Logan Wilson, uh, that linebacking core is bad. And then that pass rush, you know, Trey Hendrickson's good. DJ Reader's good. Sam Humbert's all right. Like, no, you don't have an automatic Super Bowl bid if you fix the offensive line. That's fucking ridiculous. What do you think? Well, not only that, but the schedule gets harder this next year because you finish first in your division. So you're going to get – I'm looking at it now. Like, obviously, you're going to have your division, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, all at home, all on the road. Your home games are going to include the Bills, the Dolphins – the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Chiefs. So you get the Chiefs at home. You know they're pissed off after you beat them twice. You got the Bills at home. And then all three of those in, in their interdivision games, depending on what happens with the Steelers quarterback situation, could be you know very competitive. So you got the Dolphins, Falcons, and Panthers. You can say probably you're going to be favored in. Then you go on the road, Steelers, Ravens, Browns. And then you've got the Patriots. I'm not going to – you know, the, the Jets you'll probably – I mean, we'll say you beat the Jets, but last year the Bengals lost to the Jets. So who knows? Saints on the road, Bucks on the road, Titans on the road, and Cowboys on the road. It's a very, very difficult schedule in my mind compared to the schedule that they had this past year. Um, you know, that included, uh, I know that they played the Lions. They beat the Vikings in overtime. I remember that. They had the Bears on that schedule. They had the Jags on that schedule, the Broncos on that schedule, the Jets. A lot of favorable matchups for them compared to, in my opinion, what's going to be a more difficult schedule next year. The other thing that nobody wants to go ahead and mention is how much fucking luck is in this league. Do you know how there are so many batted balls? There's so many little nuances. There's so many first downs by an inch right. that you can sit there and say that about any team, any year. How many times do you think Falcons fans said, oh, it's okay, we lost 20 or we were up 23 and blew it, but we'll be back next year? I guarantee a lot of them said it. Panthers fans were saying it when, right. when, they, when they went to the Super Bowl with Cam, uh, uh, yeah, with Cam Newton. Um, I mean, you can go on and on. I can look back at uh, – I mean, the Eagles. I think the Eagles probably thought that they would be there again. If you don't take advantage of your opportunity when, you when you're there, it's, it, the, the margin of error in this league is so fucking slim that it's right. so hard to get back to that upper echelon level, to, to the pinnacle of football again. I mean, look at your Bengals fan. It took you this long since 1988, I believe, when they were in the Super Bowl. That's a long time. Yeah. Look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, that was bet, like, 33 Aaron, years ago, whatever it was. 34 years ago. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, look at that. like he can't even he can't make it back like he can't make it back ever since Drew that Brees. one Super Bowl win like he can't. Drew Brees, Drew Brees, yeah, Drew same Brees. way. Philip yeah. Rivers never made one. Mm -hmm. Like and like uh, I said, the other thing is not only are you looking at from this year's playoff about all the teams that are going to be returning with those quarterbacks that we've talked about, you know, with Mahomes and Allen. Um, you've also got a Lamar Jackson healthy coming back and playing this year. That division, how many years has it gone? Like, I'm, I'm sure that there's been multiple years where teams have won, but it's it's always competitive. The AFC North seem the 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 head the 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 team on top always seems to flip. I've seen worst to first in that division. Um, I'm not going to say every year, but like every four or five years, you'll see it. So, you know, the team that finished last in the AFC North this year could very easily finish first, and I wouldn't have a, a disagreement. I I would absolutely agree. Yeah. No. It it's like these Cincy fans, it's their first playoff experience in a very long time. And they just, they just seem to have forget. They seem to have forgotten 
uh, how this whole thing works and how getting to the Super Bowl is very, very difficult. Um, but we just want to give you guys a reminder, you know, like it, you probably won't be back. You'll be back. At, I was just telling my roommate the other day. Um, it's not going to be next year. Um, I can almost guarantee that. I mean, it's it's, it's hard. just tough because, yeah. like I they'll said, make it, you know, they'll be back. I think, uh, like down the road. I don't know. Like, I like it. Like I said, it's just to, so tough because once again, that margin of error. And just like we talked about, we ranked Mahomes and Allen one and two, and they lost. Yeah. Who's to say that Justin Herbert doesn't go on this run next year? Who's to say Lamar Jackson doesn't go on this run this next year? Like, like I said, it's it's tough because of how competitive the quarterback field is in the AFC. The NFC is is wide open, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, especially depending on what happens with Rodgers. Yeah, I would make an argument though, and I hate to argue for Bengals fans, but um, they have the best weapons at their disposal on offense, oh. probably in the league, and that will be the case for the coming years so you're going to keep all those guys um well some of them are probably going to get pretty fat contracts but you have them for the foreseeable future so i i would make that argument that what's their cap situation like 50 million they got 50 yeah so go uh, out and get yourself a guard and maybe a tackle or a center (laughs) our situation is woof yeah it is woof but they got they got a, they're a top five team in cap space to help them figure that out. So, all right, let's move on from the uh, Bengals Super Bowl next year talk. And let's move on to the winning team in the Super Bowl. And that was the Los Angeles Rams uh, bringing home a title to L.A. Uh, L.A. didn't seem didn't seem super thrilled about it, but um, that's cool. You know, I mean, you got- there's just like not that many fans there for these teams. I mean, you were there for X amount of years, then you left. Now you come back. It's like pick it, pick a spot. Stop flipping every thirty years. I was listening to NFL Network, and um, I don't like Graziano, but he did say something smart uh, today. He was like, "This is gonna. This is the thing that will spark a new generation of Rams fans." Like. They're going to remember going to the parade today and like kids are going to, but, and they'll pick up steam and they'll like in 20 years, I mean, the Rams will be huge. So for sure. If you're like, think about it. If you're like eight, nine, 10 years old, you were probably three, four, maybe five when the Rams moved there. So like, that's all you've ever known. So like, for sure. I, I do agree with that with the younger generation, even like 12, 13 with the younger generation, you know, this is how you win a fan base. You win, you, you win it all. I mean, it's so simple. Obviously, it's the best marketing strategy out there. <laughs> man, Los Angeles fans are spoiled, dude. They got the Dodgers, the Lakers. Yeah, LeBron wanted to have a joint parade oh for his bubble chip. His dude, bubble chip. I was Get like, okay, if, if if the Rams had came out and say, hey, let's do a joint parade, all three LA teams, I'd be like, all right, that's kind of cool. You just won, and that's what you want to do. But LeBron, shut up. Yeah, like, dude, man. that let them enjoy their spotlight. Don't don't sit there and try to put the spotlight back on you again. Like, come on, man. Ridiculous. Let your ego go. Jeez. <laughs> I, lo- I loved everybody, all the comments on that, too. The, those were fantastic. You know, fuck LeBron, man. Why make it about himself, dog? But always. Yeah. All right. Um. So we were talking about it earlier. Uh, Cooper Cup walks away with the Super Bowl MVP in this one. After the game-winning catch uh, against Eli Apple, um, a lot of a lot of shade thrown Eli Apple thrown Eli Apple's way this week. 
But um, I was actually in a heated argument for two days with my roommate about whether or not Eli Happel had good coverage on the play against the Cooper Cup touchdown. And I mean, he was trying to tell me that it was good coverage because he plays football and I've never played it down in football in my life. And I was like, dude, if it was good coverage, you would have had him, bro. Like <laughs> the other thing you have to remember is Cooper Cup is absolutely incredible, yeah. especially with a route runner and, and everything else. I mean, it was Why a perfectly turned ball. Though? Why leave him in sure. space? Like, I mean, I think he was playing soft coverage compared. I think he should have been playing press coverage. Yeah, that's 100%. what I would have done there. That's what I but told him. I guess if you do that, Cooper Cup beats you to the back pylon. So either way, Cooper Cup probably going to beat you. Bengals fans are doing this right now. They're plugging <laughs> their ears, bro. They don't want to hear. They don't want to hear it. They, uh, their opinion is the only one that's valid. But anyway, uh, Cooper Cup walks away with the Super Bowl MVP after that catch against Eli Apple and putting um, him on blast for the next three months. Uh, Cooper Cup, eight catches, 92 yards, and two tuds in this one. Um, Matt Safford, 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, and Aaron Donald got those two sacks, including a game-winning quarterback hit and ended up being, should have been sacked. But um, those were some of the guys in debate for MVP. Uh, but I want to ask you, man, We and we talked a little bit about this after the game, I remember. Uh, had the Rams lost – what would be the storyline that we were talking about this week? Would it be the OBJ injury? Because we haven't mentioned it yet. OBJ tore his ACL um, in this game after two catches and 52 yards, including that 33, uh, I believe it was 33-yard uh, touchdown grab um, to Moss. And 13. then, yeah. yeah. I think it was 13-yard catch, right? 35 yards. Yeah, 35. Odell's, oh, wow. Odell's touchdown. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that long. <laughs> pretty deep but um would it be the obj injury would it be jalen ramsey getting torched by jamar chase and t higgins i mean questionable whether or not he got torched because the face mask uh and the t higgins situation but he got blown up for a big play against t and then he got blown up for a big play against jamar um or would it be stafford throwing the two picks uh threw him in pretty crucial situations um would it be the struggles with cam makers on the ground what what would we be talking about this week? I mean, a, a combination of all of them, probably. Um, but in particular, I would say the first thing that would stick into my mind would be um, is this, and it's tough to call it this soon, but is the Stafford experiment a fail? <clears throat> because you brought him in to win the Super Bowl. You traded everything to bring him in to win the Super Bowl, and you have the Super Bowl in your own stadium. You got to win it. And he did. You know, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, I do think that if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl, we would have there would have been a, a bunch of Rams fans talking about the Ramsey non face mask call with T Higgins pulling Jalen Ramsey down uh, by the face mask on the 75 yard touchdown, because I know that a lot of Bengals fans were bringing up Logan Wilson's phantom hold call on Cooper Cup. So obviously that's going to come into play. Exactly. They even out. That's exactly how I look at it. Um <clears throat> I, I, the Odell Beckham thing, I think would have been a bigger storyline than what it was. Um, absolutely. Because then you've got all the Rams saying, well, what if he was healthy? What would the outcome have been? And we'll, you know, we'll never know that, you know, did the Rams win by 10? Do the Bengals end up winning? Like, you know, who knows? So I think, like I said, it's a combination of all of them. Yeah. The running game with acres and Sonny Michelle uh, and even Daryl Henderson. I mean, I know Henderson had some catches out of the backfield, but the rushing attack was just awful. It was absolutely atrocious. Um, so I think really and truly, in my opinion, the most glaring thing would be, is Stafford that guy? 
are you are you that guy if, if they had lost um because next year would have been even now next year it's like you know how how crucial is it for the rams to get back there it's like yeah we already got our one Right. So I, I don't I don't know if they're going to be as pressed as they were this year to get it done. Uh, you know, clocks are ticking with guys as far as their careers, contracts as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I like I said, I think the biggest question mark would have been is Stafford that guy. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the story would be revolving around Stafford. Um, yeah. Whether him not getting it done, you know, like you've been what, stuck in Detroit your whole career. And the rumor was if you get a good team, uh he could do anything and he did end up doing everything. But um, yeah, I think that would definitely be the story. And he threw those two interceptions in crucial moments too. Like yeah. that first pick came right before the two minute warning uh, mm-hmm. Rams up three. If you score a touchdown there or even get a field goal, you're up by at least a touchdown. Um, yeah. Maybe even two, uh, two possessions. That is, I but, will say his receiver Van Jefferson did not help him out on that interception either. He just, he didn't make any play on the ball. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, the second pick was on the second play of the second half. Uh, T. Higgins takes that 75-yarder to the house, and then the Rams get it, and then Stafford throws an interception right away. Like, imagine not Stafford's ha- not 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 Stafford's fault. Those OBJ's backup Ben Skoronek, or I think that's how you pronounce Skoranek. it. Number eighteen, Skoronek. Number Skoronek. Yeah, number eighteen. That was OBJ's backup. Not doesn't have the same chemistry with Stafford, and that's why that happened. Um, so I don't want to blame that one on Stafford all that much, but those, those three plays that you just talked about should have, when, when you're watching that transpire, you're like, wow, the Bengals are getting every single break. They've got all the momentum. Like the Bengals are going to win this game. They got that pick. Like you said, before the two minute warning, I thought it was big that the Rams stopped them though. And they weren't able to go down and get a field goal. Um, and then you had the 75 yard touchdown to T Higgins right out of the break. And then you had the interception. What a momentum biggest- shift. Like, the biggest thing, in, and I remember sitting there saying it, I'm like, all the momentum's with Cincy right now. I said, if the Rams don't stop them here, this could get ugly with no Odell backup because the Rams made that stop and held Cincy to a field goal, and that was it. Cincy didn't score um, after that, I don't think. So you know, kudos kudos to the Rams' D because they, they did it all second half, and it started right there after that second Stafford interception. Yeah, like imagine back-to-back touchdowns there for Cincy. Like you got right. the, the Higgins. I mean, there is no larger momentum shift. Uh, first play, 75 yard touchdown, second play interception. And if you score another touchdown, I mean, that it's over that it, there's n- nothing you can do to come back, especially with OBJ out. So, and I think yeah. it was, guess who Aaron Donald getting a sack on third down to force a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Came in clutch all game and should have been the MVP, but that's neither here nor there all right so uh let's move on to a little something fun a little something you had planned out uh for this episode um it is never too early to look ahead to super bowl 57 in glendale arizona next year so dude it is the same and i've told you guys about it, it's the same weekend next year as the waste management and that in waste management if you're not familiar is in scottsdale the super bowl is in glendale both suburbs of uh of phoenix and it is going to be absolutely wild and electric in the phoenix area next year i i can't imagine you know what kind of debauchery will ensue uh, in, in the Phoenix area next year. So if, if you haven't planned anything and you were 
always thinking like, you know, maybe I'll check out a golf tournament, go watch videos of the waste management open. I am telling you all right now, it is one of the bucket list items for every sports fan. If you're not the biggest golf fan or you don't even really care about golf, go watch that. It'll make you a golf fan. But anyways, that combined with the Super Bowl in Glendale next year, I mean, what a what a sports weekend. I mean, you couldn't have a better weekend, in my opinion, out there in Scottsdale and in Glendale. Yeah, for sure. And it's a bummer because it's literally like a few weeks before my 21st birthday. Not cool, bro. <laughs> like, I would very much like to uh, go to Super Bowl 57 and go to Waste Management for my birthday. But, um, yeah, I won't be uh... – won't be hitting 21 yet. So kind of a bummer and risking, risking the, uh, the other form of identification at events like that is kind of risky. So, yeah. All right, let's move on to the Super Bowl odds for Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick one team out of the top five favorites to win the Super Bowl right now that we feel as though has the worst odds to win the Super Bowl next year. Um, and then we're going to give, one middle of the pack team, one sleeper team that we feel has a good shot to win the Super Bowl. And then we're going to go into the zombies section, which I kind of named last minute. So you got your top five, you got your sleepers, and then you got your zombies. So um, kind of like another name for a dark horse. But um, yeah, just we're going to pick one of those bottom five teams to so let's take a look at the top five best teams with the best odds for the Super Bowl next year. We got the Chiefs at plus 700. We got the Bills at plus 800. The Rams at plus 1,000. The Bengals plus 1,200. The 49ers plus 1,400. And the Cowboys plus 1,400. So let's pick a team here that we feel that has the least best odds to win the Super Bowl or the worst odds that you feel in your mind. I guess that's way best way to put it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, yes. which team do you think won't live up to their expectations as there far as being this, this high or this bet, these good of odds, these great of odds um, to, to win the Super Bowl. Um, right. Which of these five do we not like? That's perfect. Yeah. So, so I know that we've talked on the Bengals a ton, so I don't want to take the easy route there and say that the Bengals are the least or the most likely to not do well next year. But in after saying that, so who I'm going to go with is the Cowboys, dude, the Cowboys year in and year out always have these high expectations. And what did they do? They kept McCarthy. And what does McCarthy do? McCarthy just gets to the playoffs and loses. That's what he's notorious for. That's literally what his entire coaching career is based upon is him having very good regular seasons, getting to the playoffs and then underperforming. And we saw it exactly in the playoffs this year. Um, so you know, you can go out there and make offseason moves, but in my opinion, it's just embedded in the culture right now of the Cowboys to, like I said, get to the playoffs and then not win. So I'm going to take the Cowboys as far as my team to underperform, um, especially at 14 to one odds. Sweet. So the Cowboys are your team to underperform out of the top five. And that's a hell of a pick. Um, I would go ahead with that pick if you hadn't gone it already. Um, Mike McCarthy is doomed in his second year. I have no clue why they brought that. It's bad. It's bad when you're when a lot of people around the team want the assistant coaches to be the head coach. Right. I can't imagine what it's like in that building right now. And Jerry Jones saying things like, yeah, you know, they both want to be the head coach of the Cowboys and they're going to get their shot this year. (laughs) They're going to get their shot competing with McCarthy this year. What are you telling me there, Jerry? Huh? 
Yeah, bro. Like Jerry, Jerry's on some other shit now. He has zero filter. But yeah, I like that Cowboys pick. Um, personally, I'm just gonna rock with the Bengals again. I cannot believe that they're in the top four teams to win the Super Bowl next year. That is insanity to me. This team is not fixed as soon as you throw together an offensive line. Like they this team is not more superior than the Bills. It's not more superior than the Chiefs. Um, I like the Rams a hell of a lot better than the Bengals next year. Um, Joe Burrow still got some learning to do. There's, I mean, he tore his ACL halfway through the year in his rookie year, comes back, has a great season this year. But there were at times we were looking at Joe. I mean, Joe Burrow led the league in interceptions for a majority of the season, honestly. And it's also, it's kind of like we talked about with Patrick Mahomes. You know, when you're this high up, you have now you have these expectations. Can you keep up with these expectations or do you falter? Because what happens if, you know, this year you make the Super Bowl and the expectations are sky high? You got to at least make the Super Bowl every year from now on out, or it's considered a failure because we've seen what you've done at your best. Or, you know, let's say they have a bad year, bad year next year. And I'm not saying a terrible year. I'm saying a 500 type of year. You know, they were 10 and 7 in the regular season. Who's to say they don't go 8 and 9 this year? And if that happens, what's he able to do the year after that? I'm all about – I love watching guys, not only in football, but across all sports, that face adversity and then come back. One, one example that sticks out to me, University of Virginia men's basketball team lost to a 16 seed UMBC and then came back the next year and won the national championship. Those are the type of adverse adverse situation I'd like to see. So I'd like to see him, you know, losing the Super Bowl, get back next year and win the Super Bowl and then shut all the haters up. Because if he does that, there's no argument that he's the best quarterback in football at that point. But I, I totally agree with you on that, that it's just so hard to duplicate what you just did this year and to live up to those expectations. Right. And people forget all the doubts that people had on the Bengals all year, you know, like, I mean, it's definitely a question mark. So, yeah, I'm going to give I'm going to go the Bengals for the team to underperform out of the top five there. But let's dive into our next section here. And this is where we pick our sleeper team. So 10 to one odds. Right. We're going 10 to one odds or we're worth pick two to- of them. Pick, pick your two favorite ones. Two favorite ones. OK. OK. Wish I had a list in front of me, a more advanced list. But I got I got. I got my candidates. I got I got my guys in mind. But um, yeah, so we're going to pick one team that has 10 to one odds or worse to win the Super Bowl next year as our sleeper team to win the Super Bowl. So you can go ahead first, man. Knock our knock our segment off. So I'm going to first go with. As much as I want to take my Vikings, which is such a homer pick, I'm actually going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You would have no idea that I would pick that, but I'm telling you, if Aaron Rodgers goes there, the combination with Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin is scary because as much as I love Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I think that that might be a better coaching quarterback combination. It might be the best in the league, in my opinion. So that is why I have the Steelers as my sleeper right now, because if Aaron Rodgers does in fact go there, I really like the odds at 40 to one uh, because like we said, that division's wide open. And then if they can get to the playoffs, I mean, Mike Tomlin's proven it in the playoffs. I know that they you know, haven't gotten past that hurdle in a little while, but with the right quarterback, I could definitely see them doing so. And they've got weapons there too. So um, it, 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 I, like I said, it's a stretch, but hear me out. If Rodgers goes there, I do like the Steelers to possibly make some noise and make the Super Bowl. 
I mean, might as well, man. Like, even if there's a small possibility that ends up in Pittsburgh, throw a few bucks on 40 to one and win a shit ton of money when they win $10 to win 400. Yeah, might as well, dude. Might as well. It doesn't 20 to win 800. There's your math lesson (laughs) for the day. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go with a less uh, extreme option, I should say. Uh, They've got most of their pieces intact. And I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks as my sleeper team, my dark horse team to win the Super Bowl this year. Hear me out, bro. You got a healthy Russell Wilson this year. And that is something that we did not see last year. I mean, if you just watch what he did in the Pro Bowl exercises, the warm-ups, the what the skills competition, I mean, he was balling out. He was trying so hard. And you could tell that, I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson try-hard season is always. He's such a try-hard. He's such an ass-kisser, man. He was yeah. that kid in class that always had to be done first, always had to raise his hand, was always right. That was Russell Wilson, 100%. You know he's that guy. He's a guy that would suck up to all the teachers, kiss a little ass, and just be, like we say, a try-hard. You see that meme that uh, Barstool posted on Twitter where it was like it, it was the picture of Roger Goodell and uh, Russell Wilson talking in the booth at the Super Bowl. And it was just perfect like dialogue. the dialogue was just binary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally the perfect example, though, of a kiss has sitting with the commissioner at the Super Bowl. Imagine what that conversation is. Blah, 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 blah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Those aren't those I don't I don't want to know program machines going back and forth at each other. So I don't know. But I will but, say. Uh, that does also help my Steelers argument if Russell Wilson were to go to the Steelers. But he, I think he sticks around in Seattle, man. Uh, we'll dive into um, Russell Wilson's possible destinations a little bit later in the podcast. But, um, yeah, give me the Seahawks. You got a fully healthy Russell Wilson going into next year. Uh, you got your two guys, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They're not going anywhere. Uh, Chris Carson, I feel like, is due for a breakout season next year coming off the neck injury. And people have been sleeping on Chris Carson. Um, this was supposed to be his breakout year. But with the neck injury, he obviously. He just gets injured. He just gets injured every yeah. single season. And to be honest, I don't think Chris Carson's that guy. That's fair. Okay. You think, uh, Watch this. You think Rashad, Rashad Penny is the guy? Rashad yeah. Penny. That dude. That, that, that Rashad Penny. I mean, it's if, about if it's damn not time, week huh? One, it's about it's not, damn time. Yeah, they used a first round pick on him. If it's not week one, week by week five, Rashad Penny will be the starter next season. Lock it wow. up. That is a hot take right there. But lock it know, up. Look I how mean, he ended can, the year, man. That's I can all rock with it. Ride that. Ride the hot hand. Yeah, I can rock with it. And it's not like Chris Carson has done something so spectacular that he owns the job for any reason, you know. But um, but yeah, I mean they've got a Good running back room this year. Uh, something that they haven't that hasn't been one of their strengths, uh, especially with Rashad Penny's emergence, former first round pick. And you also have a shit ton of cap space. You are a top ten team in cap space, so the defense is where the main concern is at. But you can go in and you can fix that pass rush. You can get some better run stoppers on the defensive line. Uh, you can fix a little bit of that secondary. So they've got the money to play with, and <laughs> not with where the money is in the secondary. Jamal Adams yeah, is shit, Jamal, bro. Jamal, Jamal Adams is shit. He yeah, is but if you put him safety, if you put him into more of like a Landon Collins type role, like once we finally figured out, like oh, Landon Collins cannot play pass coverage for shit, and put him into a run stuffing, uh, big hit kind of role, like and just more like a linebacker, honestly. Uh, if I'm going to stay it straight up, but if you put him into that kind of role, and then. I don't know, spend some money on a nice, nice free safety there. Maybe you got a shot, but 
they've got money to play with is what I'm saying. So they're going to, I feel like I've got faith that they're going to spend that money in the right place. Cause they have to John Schneider's fighting for a job this year. So if they don't make it work in free agency, it's done. So yeah, that's, that's my sleeper team. You got what's some your, real hard right, criticisms with the, what's, with the your, what's your second. Huh? Yeah. What's your second, uh, what's your second pick? You go your second pick. You didn't give me yours. All right. All right. All right. My second pick is following on what I just said. Um, as far as why I picked the Steelers is exactly why I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts because I could see Aaron Rodgers possibly going to Indy. And I love, <laughs> I love the, the Indy effect. Can you imagine him every single Tuesday being in person on the Pat McAfee show? Oh, it'd be great to watch. Be great to watch. And I can be like, yes, I can finally root for this guy after not being on the Packers anymore. But, um, no, yeah, like I said, I think the Indies got everything besides a quarterback. Yes, they can get another receiver. I do agree with that. But um, I, I really like, you know, if they're able to make it work within the cap space, I really like Aaron Rodgers fitting in with Indy. And if he were to do that, I mean, let me ask you this. You put Aaron Rodgers on the Colts. They win the AFC South over the Titans, right? Mm, yeah, because I see some serious decline from Derrick Henry this year. Okay, so if you say that, then that puts them in the playoffs with at least one home game. And they play the Jags twice and the Texans twice. A quarter of their schedule is against the Jags and the Texans. <laughs> like four, it should be four guaranteed wins if you have Aaron Rodgers, not Carson Wentz losing at Jacksonville. Um, but, yeah, that's why I have the Colts as my second pick. And, uh, and pass it over to you. Sweet. Um, I will say the size of Aaron Rodgers' ego is very large. And absolutely. Um, uh, so same thing with Brady. I mean, as much as we love to love on Brady, I'm the same thing there. Uh, not as glaring. But anyway, my point behind saying that is the reason that Brady went to Tampa Bay is because think of another Tampa Bay quarterback in NFL history that was just absolutely dominant and Tom Brady esque or Aaron Rodgers esque anything near that. No, it's just Tom Brady. Like oh, Tom Brady. Brad Johnson. <laughs> Brad Johnson. <laughs> Brad Johnson has a Super Bowl title. Yeah, okay. In Tampa, uh, just saying. Former Josh, Viking quarterback. Josh Freeman. Um, if you will <laughs> give him credit for starting Mike Evans' career. But um famous Jameis, baby. Five thousand year passer. Never forget. <laughs> Only one in NFL history to lead the league in passing touchdown or passing yards and passing interceptions in the same season. Yeah. That Jameis. Uh but you win with him, point- you lose with him, right? <laughs> My point behind saying that, though, is I don't Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to go to Indianapolis because Peyton Manning, that's Peyton Manning's team. You think of Peyton Manning as the quarterback of the Colts, uh, the Steelers. It's kind of kind of the same Bro, way. Like Big Ben just left there. <laughs> look where he is, though. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean, in the footsteps of Bart Starr and Brett Favre. Did he have a choice? And I know that he, would, he didn't have a choice. He had a choice once his contract was up. He could have went anywhere. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, that's I mean, a good point. Where, what other team would you look at that like? Fucking, I mean, Carolina has Cam Newton. New no, Orleans has not. Drew Brees. No, but in the case of Indy, especially like that's Peyton Manning's team. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to want to follow that up. But that's, I mean, if that's definitely and, a, Peyton, look, a look, point to, to be make. honest. To be honest, he should go to the NFC. If I were him, I would not try and compete because we just named it. Those five quarterbacks. I would not try and compete with those five quarterbacks when I'm trying to finish my career on top. Gotcha. Gotcha. But um, if he does go, I'm going to take my chances with the Colts and the Steelers. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, mine is not as variable dependent. Um, Like I said, I got the Seahawks 
because uh, I know they're going to spend money in the offseason with that cap space. And I know they, they have to put it to the right place or else their GM's going to be without a job. Um, so will Pete Carroll. But my second team, my second sleeper team um, is the Chargers. Uh, I really like the Chargers going into next year. Justin Herbert can do the same kind of things physically that a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes and some of the best talents in the game can do. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. And Mitchell's mentioned it plenty of times. You have a lot of cap space to play with, much like the Seahawks. They have even more cap space to play with. And they've already got the pieces in place. I mean, you got Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen's not going anywhere. Uh, Mike Williams probably headed out of town, but you just sang, uh, signed Corey Lindsley to a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract last year. And the defense, I mean, you got you got Bosa. So, and yeah. Samuel's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Dante true. Dante Samuel at cornerback. I mean, Derwin James is there. Yeah, safety. Derwin James, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got some pieces there. You just you, – you, you need a couple more pieces, you know, whether it's on the back end or in the linebacker. I mean, they who they draft? Kenneth Murray, right? So, they got they yeah. got Kenneth Murray there. Somebody on the line to go along with Bosa would be very nice, and somebody else on the back end I think would be would be really good for them. Because, yeah, you're right. They're, they're a couple pieces away. I, I totally agree. I think it is the sexy pick next year going into next season is the Chargers. I mean, we the Chargers beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um, they lost in overtime to the Chiefs uh, in uh, SoFi this past season. But once again, you can't lose at the Texans. You got to take care of business in the final game against the Raiders. Those are two things I look at that if you correct those two games, you're in the playoffs. And who knows once you get in the playoffs, we saw what the Bengals were able to do. So it's all about just getting in. Um, but yeah, I think the Chargers are a sexy pick next year for sure. Uh, and once again, this league, there's so much luck in this league. Get a couple things to bounce your way next year. Who knows? That's the truth. That's the truth. All right, let's move on to the final part of this segment. And that is going to be picking a zombie for next year. Uh, a team out of the bottom five out to win the Super Bowl that we feel like has a shot at it next year. And the reason we do this is because last year, uh, right after the preseason, the Bengals sat at the third worst odds in the NFL to win the Super Bowl and Obviously, they made the Super Bowl. So let's take a look at potentially the next Bengals team going into next year. And you know what? I'll go ahead and go first. And I'll go ahead with the Jags. The Jags have the 29th best odds to win the Super Bowl right now, um, I think. And that might fluctuate depending on where you find your odds. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence was just stuck with Urban Meyer. I mean, he looked like a completely different quarterback in the last game of the year with Daryl Bevel, which makes me wonder why they just didn't rock with him as a head coach permanently. But, um, yeah, they brought they brought in Doug Peterson. And, you know, he's led guys. He's led teams like the Jags. Uh, Philly was in a very similar circumstance, I felt like. Obviously a little better. But um, and it led an unlikely team to the Super Bowl and won it. So, yeah, I like the Jags. And then you got guys like ETN coming back this year. Uh, James Robinson had another hell of a year. You've got a lot of addressing to do on the wide receiver DJ core. Chark. DJ Chark yeah. will be back. DJ Chark will be back. Um, LaVisca, he's still got a lot of growing to do. So, and I feel like Trevor Lawrence, we just, that was not the Trevor Lawrence that actually plays quarterback last year. I feel like a lot of that was influenced. Well, one, he's a rookie. And two, I feel like Urban Meyer had that offense in a chokehold. 
So he looked like a completely different quarterback last week of the season against the Colts, who were going to make the playoffs if it weren't for that last game. By the way, just watch that episode of Hard Knocks for the loss of the Jags. One of the best episodes of TV I've seen in a long time. I have to check that out. Yeah, I've heard out. somebody else told me about it that it was that was really good, so I'm have to watch it. Um, I love that pick, and um, you hinted on a, a lot of the things that I was thinking about as well. You know, I, I like Doug Peterson's chemistry with his quarterback. I think he's going to be a great fit with um, with Trevor Lawrence. Getting ETN in the passing game, uh, as much as the rushing game, is going to be very crucial for them to to be a nice one-two duo with James Robinson. Um, and then the receivers getting healthy, I think, will help. Defense needs a couple of pieces here and there. Got a lot of cap. Um, and then I, you know, we've talked about it. I really think that if I were them, I would go after Evan Neal if you can get to him. I know his odds just increased, um, I think, to the number one overall pick as far as having the best odds to be the number one overall pick. So, you know, Evan Neal is a very vital piece, in my opinion, because they need somebody to protect Trevor Lawrence. But, uh, but the other thing that um, I, I really like about the Jags is the, the division that they play in. I mean, they beat the Colts the final game this year. Uh, you know, they arguably the, the worst are, division in football. Exactly. So that, that's the, one of the main reasons why I like that pick because you can win some games. There's, there's winnable games there. And with you finishing as bad as you did this year, you're going to have an easier schedule as far as opponent, what the opponents were this past year compared compared to what they're going to be next year. So, um, yeah. I, that I, division I that solely won uh, Vrabel Coach of the Year. <laughs> yeah. Because he managed to keep Tennessee at the number one seed. Uh, that division had zero playoff wins this year. Mm. And it will probably continue that way. Uh, I alluded to it earlier. I mean, I think Derrick Henry is going to see a decline this year. I said that before this season, but, yeah, I really do think so. This is the year. All right. Yeah, I think mine um, – the fact that you chose the Jags, I think mine's okay. honestly going to be, it's going to sound so funny to say, but give me the Jets. I like what I've seen in some spurts with Jack, uh, with Zach Wilson. Um, I think that if you go out and you, you know, once again, got some money to work with here, a couple pieces on defense, a couple pieces on offense. I don't think they're, they're too terrible way. Do I think next year is going to be the year? No, but do I think they could surprise some teams? Yeah, absolutely. A couple pieces fall here and there. I mean, they beat the team that lost in the Super Bowl. They beat the team that was the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, they, they've beaten some of the best teams, just, you know, from this past year, which was tumultuous for them. So the other thing, you know, I think they can compete with the Dolphins. I know that the Patriots have always – not they actually haven't always had the Jets number, believe it or not. But I know that they, they always play the Patriots tough. It seems like at least one of the games of the year. The other one might be a blowout. But one of those games I feel like is always pretty close – um, and then the Bills, you know, the Bills are probably going to win that division. But sneaking in as a wild card, could see it. You never know what happens. Um, like I said, you know, these are astronomical odds for these teams to win. But, yeah, I'll take a flyer with the Jets right now. Morally, more, more so because I like what you've got in your backfield with Zach Wilson and with Michael Carter. I like those two pieces a lot. And believe it or not, their receivers are kind of deep. Corey Davis, um, more um mims is still there jameson crowder they got a lot of pretty solid receivers so like you know who knows we'll, we'll see what happens but I, i'll take the jets why not a lot of their young guys are showing out um i'm a huge fan of michael carter i had him in fantasy for a long time ty this johnson. year <laughs> yeah ty johnson he had turned hurt. Hurt. um and then you got elijah moore who i thought was going to be the next jay jeff this year but just wasn't um but he will be 
something great in this league. I mean, players like AJ Brown uh, swear on his mama that he is the next best thing in the NFL. So yeah, I, I like that pick. I like the Jets pick. Good stuff. Yeah. One thing I will say, um, just looking at these odds again, and, and I know I said it would be a homer pick if I picked him, but if Rodgers were to leave Green Bay, the Vikings could win that division and get a home game. And who knows from there, they need a couple of pieces on defense. And I'm not, like I said, it's a homer pick, but at 35 to one odds with the weapons of Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. And yes, I know Kirk Cousins, like crazier things have happened for sure. And like, and I you said, say I that could, you say like, yes, I know Kirk Cousins. Like I wish we had Kirk Cousins, man. I wish we still because, had Kirk. Because Kirk, Kirk Cousins did get it done in the one playoff game against the Saints. You know, I will always back him for that because he was able to deliver a deep ball to Adam Thielen when everybody said he couldn't throw the deep ball and won the Vikings that game. And then delivered the, the game when it passed to, uh, to Kyle Rudolph. But, you know, I mean, he always struggles on prime time. When the lights are bright, Kirk Cousins is not always there. But, uh, you know, like I said, with the playmakers around him, there should be no excuse – you got rid of the coach. You're, you're, you know, switching some things up within the front office as well. So I, I, like I said, 35 to one odds with those kind of weapons. I, I do like the Vikings chances next year at, at those odds. No, I a hundred percent agree. I was looking at the Vikings odds too, and they were going to be one of my teams, but I didn't want to steal it from you, bro. I figured, <laughs> I figured you figured you would go Vikings. Well, I had to throw it in there now. <laughs> there you go. End the segment. All right. So let's move on to our next segment in the podcast. And that is uh, sticking with the um, Bengals theme that we had going with the Super Bowl talk earlier. Uh, their head coach, Zach Taylor, has inked a new extension with his team in Cincy. But he signed the extension as of today, uh, Wednesday, February 16th. Um, he signed that extension through 2026. So Pretty lengthy extension, but I don't know. I have some have some thoughts about this, dude. It's kind of it's kind of giving me sketchy vibes. Like, is there a chance that Zach Taylor does not see the end of this extension? Because there's been questions about Zach Taylor's coaching ability, and you saw it in the Super Bowl, leaving P. Ryan in, and he came out in the post game press conference, and which I loved. I give Zach Taylor a lot of credit for this. Uh, he owned up to the mistake. Yeah. Accountability. It's a, it's a big thing to have when you're at a position of power. Right. Yeah. And he came out, uh, anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, he came out and the reporters were asking him why Samaji P. Ryan was in on that last play instead of Joe Mixon, who was a better pass catcher. And he was like, that was my call. You know, Joe should have been out there. Um, it was just kind of heat of the moment call. Um, yeah, before. You ran the yeah. ball with P. Ryan. Yeah, I don't understand, man. You had second and one. You had three plays to get one yard. Mm. There's your questionable play calling right there at the biggest moment. Yeah, so definitely some questionable play calling in the Super Bowl. And, you know, there were at times, I mean, he looked very far from a uh, top five coach in this league. And now people are putting him into that conversation. But are you getting sort of like Matt Nagy vibes here? Like winning? I know he didn't win coach of the year, but Matt Nagy won coach of the year um, and then shit the bed for the next few years. So how much credit are you actually giving Zach Taylor for the Bengals success this past season? And do you see him making it through 2026? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a good question because do you see the Matt Nagy comparison slash the Doug Peterson comparison, or do you see like a Sean McVay comparison or a Kyle Shanahan comparison where they made Super Bowls early on in their careers but have sustained the success? You know, McVay made it to the Super Bowl and won it this year. Shanahan made it to a Super Bowl. I know he lost it, but I think, you know, he's – I think he's closer to the McVeigh and Shanahan than he is the Nagy and Peterson. Um, I, I do question, you know, some of that play calling, but at the same time, it got him there. I mean, what they were able to do down the stretch against the chiefs, what they were able to do down the stretch against um, even the Titans. I know they couldn't finish the job necessarily, but getting the field goals, getting the points we needed to get them. The one thing I will say, once again, talking about that whole, in my opinion, the theme of this show with luck, with luck, think about the Bengals' two road playoff wins. The, the Titans game, turnover by the Titans, which set the Bengals up in prime position to get a field goal to win the game. Patrick Mahomes throwing an interception in overtime to give the Bengals the ball in Chiefs territory for McPherson to go ahead and kick a field goal to win the game. So their two biggest playoff wins were because of their defense or because, if you want to say it, of what the other team could not do. And that's, once again, where that luck comes back to play. Because then we saw it in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow had the chance, but he had the whole field with a minute 25 to go down and get a field goal, and they were just short of field goal range. Because if they had gotten one more first down, they would have arguably been in field goal range. And, you know, McPherson's got a leg. I think we saw that all postseason. So you get him in field goal range. McPherson, over one and a half field goals, uh, easiest money I've ever made in my entire life. So hopefully somebody was listening. Yeah, that that was that was a great call. Um, but yeah, like I said, I I think that he's going to be closer to twenty twenty six is a ways away, and in that division, anything can happen. And like we've said, when you're at the pinnacle, it can go down so quickly. Look at Dan Quinn, another example of of being up there and then going down so quickly. I mean, shit, Mike Zimmer was in the NFC Championship game three or four years ago. And now he's no longer a head coach in the NFL. So. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to sustain that, and it's even tougher to sustain it not only in your division but in your conference as well to get back to that pinnacle. And that's going to beg my question to you is if, from your perspective, what do you consider a success for the Bengals next season? Hmm. It's tough to make it out of the division. We've been talking about this whole podcast. Like the Ravens, obviously, no question about that. But I, I think mean, you get Browns, Dobbins back, you get yeah. Ronnie Stanley back. I mean, oh they're going to be gosh. fighting to be the favorite in that division if it were me. But um, also, you got the Browns there. The Browns had Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl aspirations, aspirations before yeah. the season started, and Baker was not healthy the entire year, and that was very clear. So, same principle applies that I applied to the Seahawks. You know, if you get a healthy quarterback back. I think this is a new team. So what do I consider a success? A wild card appearance. Um, so making the playoffs. Yeah. They got yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with you on that. I think, it, I think <laughs> if they were to come back next year and make the playoffs, they would shut a lot of the haters up. I mean, yeah, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be right there again. You know, I think that, like we said, they were 10 and seven this year. And I know that they kind of gave that the Browns that last game of the year. So we'll call it 10 and six. But um, yeah, I mean, like we said, a couple bounces of the ball. Dalvin Cook doesn't fumble in overtime week one and the Vikings kick a field goal and win the game. Then what? You know, what are we talking about then? If they score the touchdown and the Chiefs beat them, you know, that's that's two losses right there. Right. You know, and I'm talking about the Chiefs Bengals game in the regular season that the Bengals ended up winning by field goal. So it, once again, luck is just so involved in this freaking league. 
Um, so I, I think that I agree with you. I would say making the playoffs would, would be considered a success. And if he's able to do that, that'll at least buy him 2024, 2025, and probably 2026. If he makes the playoffs, if Zach Taylor and the Bengals make the playoffs once in the next four years, mm. you don't agree. Mm-mm. No. If they make after making a Super yeah. Bowl appearance this year and Joe Burrow's second year. Um, so once again, the weapons, they have to sustain and, it. And you're not going to have those weapons past 2026, probably all of them. You got to pay them. Yeah, exactly. You got to pay them by 2026. Um, I don't have the contract information in front of me, but um, yeah, you're going to have to big pay ones, those. But like T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd's not going to get the biggest, but like those guys are going to get bad. Trey Hendricks Trey Hendricks, yeah. guys like that. Well, he's they signed him to a long deal, I thought. Oh yeah, you're right. He was free agent. My bad. Um, but Logan Wilson, uh, we Sam were just Hubbard, talking about him. Jesse yeah, Jesse Sam Bates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DJ Reader. I mean, you're gonna have to pay all of these guys. So if they make if they make the playoffs once over the next four years with the group that they have right now that just made it to the Super Bowl this well, past yeah. year. No, I, I think I, so, Zach Taylor does not see the end of that extension. If that's okay, the case. so I do agree with you at that point because where they've got Burrow on this rookie deal and where they've got a lot of these other guys from the rookie deal. Now is the time, because like you said, they have the money in the cap space. So they can, they need to just go out and spend as much as they can between. Yeah. Their windows probably like the next two or three years. It's weird because their windows at a weird time, like it's so early on, but right. But that's what we've seen so many teams. I mean, the Seahawks window, Look at that, yeah. that that window. I mean, and people are going to be saying it possibly about the Chiefs. You know, we'll see. Next, that's why I said next year is so crucial for so many teams in the AFC. It's ridiculous. Even, and we haven't even, and you touched on it a little bit, but the Browns. I mean, the Browns mm-hmm. had all these aspirations, like we said, for the Super Bowl, and they fell flat. So, like, they're going to be back again with something to prove. There are so many Chargers missing out on the playoffs like they did. It's, it's going to be Colts. a fun year. Yeah, the Colts. Colts. Imagine how the how angry the Colts are going into next year. And we haven't even mentioned the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is loaded, dude. It's going to be a fun year in the AFC for sure. Oh yeah, and I mean it's tough to make it out of that AFC. Anybody who thinks the Bengals are going to be automatic locks to the Super Bowl next year, fucking tripping. But uh, my opinion on Zach Taylor, uh, real quick, I do not put him in the same category as Shanahan and McVay just yet. Um, I don't see the same things in a Zach Taylor offense that I do in a 49ers offense and Rams offense. I see a lot of uh, wide receiver screens and, um, you know, just like very creative plays on offense for teams like the Rams and the 49ers. I mean, they almost revolutionized the game of football and you look at an offense like Cincinnati, like, Oh yeah, but it's the weapons that like, if you don't have T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow and, uh, CJ Uzoma, not I mean, like CJ Uzoma. Cooper Cup year. just had the best season in NFL history from the wide receiver position. He was a three-star recruit in high school. Two stars, man. They okay. He, so you're saying the ath- the athletic aspect, not the the player as far as what the production is aspect. There's no there's no the, shot the athletic in ability. hell that Cooper Cup has that season without Sean McVay. There's no there's no chance. Cooper Cup has played years in the NFL prior to this one. And but couldn't you make the argument that Sean McVay isn't the coach if Cooper Cup's not there? Wait, you you think Cooper Cup is more higher priority than Sean McVay? The 36-year-old coach who just won a Super Bowl, has made two Super Bowl appearances, and is the youngest coach in the NFL currently. I mean, Cooper Cup was a part of all that. 
Yeah, no, that's true. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He had, he was a wide receiver too for his entire career. Matt Stafford, you give Sean McVay a quarterback that can throw the football, and all of a sudden he becomes the best wide receiver in NFL history. Hmm. So it's Matt Hmm. Stafford then. The things that make you go. "Hmm." So it's Matt Stafford over Sean McVay. No, dude, it's putting Matt Stafford into a Sean McVay offense. And would you say that who? Where would you rank the priority of the Bengals then? Priority, like as yes. What what the individual means to that organization and to that team? Like, if you were to lose him, how significant of a blow would that be to your team? I mean, you could pull. In my opinion, you could plug any coach into Cincinnati. In the okay. Defense. Yeah. Okay. That's that's just my. Opinion. I I think I, I I I've seen things from Zach Taylor that I do like. He's growing. You know, he's he's gonna mature. He's, he made to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not like. I mean, yeah, it's very in his hard second year, yeah, with 101 odds. Like, <laughs> but so did Mike McCarthy, and so did Doug Peterson, and Dan they Quinn. won it. Yeah, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn like, lost. But Dan Quinn's a good football coach. Um, but Salisbury Mike McCarthy. Zone. Doug, it, yeah, is that the truth? Dan, yeah, Quinn. Dan Quinn, he went to Salisbury, yeah. What? You know, he went to Salisbury University. No, bro. Yeah, bro. Yep. For anybody who doesn't know, Salisbury is like literally 30 minutes away from where me and Tyler grew up. So, yep. Bizarre. That's yep. bizarre. I did not know that. But all right. Good, uh, good Zach Taylor debate, man. That was good shit. And you right. actually mentioned another coach real quick, Mike McCarthy. He went to a very small school called Baker University, which is where my girlfriend is originally from. Oh, so wow. That's very, very small weird world. that we mentioned both of those coaches and they have some sort of influence geographically with me. Uh, my connection, and then we'll move on. But uh, my connection to the NFL world, uh, we didn't just, or I had been mentioning him earlier. My mom was a high school sweethearts with John Schneider all four years in high school. Yes. I remember talking to your parents or your mom about that. And, and I remember uh, her saying that. And I was like, wow, that's wild. But homie's about to be on the street if he doesn't figure out this free agency, this, this offseason, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, under, legit, he's under a big spotlight right now. Yeah, but legit, we have John Schneider's high school football jersey in our attic at home. That's awesome. Yeah, it's wild. That's so cool. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not okay. I got to do my job, man. And I'm evaluating you as an analyst <laughs> and you need to pick it up, bro. <laughs> yeah, g- give him a call. See if, see if he'll come on the show. Get, get, a, get a guest. <laughs> Dude, that would be, that would be awesome. Hey, Schneider, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to have you on. Yeah. Come on. Come on in the blitz pod. We'll, we'll interrogate you for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a get, plan. Yeah. Get Russell in here too, man. <laughs> We can tell him so, how we gave him. So, as a Vikings fan, John, okay, <laughs> <laughs> wild stuff, wild. All right, bro. Before we get too far off the rails, let's move on to. Um, we had a lot of quarterback news come out over the past few weeks. Uh, we didn't focus as much on it last week because we had that Super Bowl preview going on. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of quarterback news coming out this week and last week. So let's dive into it, shall we? Um, and this isn't everything. I mean, we've heard a little bit about uh, Brady possibly coming out of retirement. Um, Aaron Rodgers still yet to make a decision on his future, but it sounds like he just got disengaged with uh, Shalen Woodley. And 
You know, I did find something interesting from the TMZ report. She said, uh, or they said, one of the main reasons was his focus on his football career. And if she, bro- if they broke up just now, it's clear that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Like, <laughs> you know what they say about this, right? There's three what? sides: his side, her side, and the truth. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's somewhere true. in the middle. You know, maybe she alluded to, but didn't say it directly. Who knows? I yeah. did see a tweet that was like Rogers is still chasing after that second ring. <laughs> he is indeed. He is indeed. Hide your women, bro. Aaron Rodgers gets the baddest in the game, though. And I mean, he just bought a house in Nashville, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, or just outside Nashville. So uh, Broadway, look miss. out. Aaron Rodgers, single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dude doesn't miss. Olivia Munn, uh, Danica Patrick, Shailen Woodley. I mean, the hot. Hide your women, guys. Like, this is serious. Like, Aaron Rodgers is on the prowl now. And he's without a team, too. So, that's got to be a different Aaron Rodgers coming at you. This ain't Green Bay Aaron Rodgers anymore. This is Nashville Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Look out. Yeah, look out. But, like I said, we had a lot of quarterback news come out this week. But something that made the headlines big time was Kyler Murray's situation in Arizona right now. And it seems like there's some serious turmoil going on. So obviously took that loss to the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, People expect a lot more out of the Cardinals. And I mean, it looks good that the Rams ended up making it and winning the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, this, this Cardinals team had a, high expectations after their strong regular season, but really failed out towards the end of the regular season and laid an egg in the playoffs. But Kyler deleted all of his Cardinals pictures on Instagram and unfollowed the team on Instagram uh, this past week. And it was really questionable what was going on because the Cardinals then deleted all Kyler Murray pictures. And then JJ Watt came out with a Twitter video like, yeah, Kyler just unfollowed me on Instagram. What does it all mean? Are we not friends anymore? And he was kind of like making a parody of the whole thing, which I was like, dude, if this is real, Kyler's got to be looking at that, like crying and his uh, crying and crying right now. I mean, JJ Watts making fun of him on Twitter, but once we, it wasn't even, we weren't even sure what the deal was. Like we weren't sure if Kyler was unhappy, but then Chris Mortensen later in the week came out with a report And he said, and I quote, Murray is described as self-centered, immature, and finger pointer per sources. And then he also said, Murray is frustrated with the franchise and was embarrassed by a playoff loss to the Rams and thinks he's been framed as the scapegoat. And according to Mortensen, um, Cliff Kingsbury and some other veteran players are reported to try and take a hands-on approach to help Kyler better deal with adversity, a.k.a., to help him stop being such a little bitch in the public. So that's the goal for Cliff Kingsbury and some veteran players on the team. But I want to ask you, man, is any of this like really surprising to you? Um, Considering some of the background that we see Kyler Murray coming from. um, And I also want to ask you, when did the Cardinals start to consider trading Kyler Murray, if at all, like how bad does it have to get? Yeah, I think that there's some things coming to light about Kyler that are not um, not great. Um, you know, is this a situation of maybe, you know, new face, different place kind of helps him, you know, gives him a second chance to regroup and and 
you know, do what he needs to do to be a successful quarterback in the sleep, maybe. But I think, you know, if this is your personality, this is your ego, and this is who you are, it's really that is one thing that you can't really correct is who somebody is as a person. And if that's who he is, and that's the kind of leadership that he's exemplifying, it's just touch tough to pick that up, go to a new place, it changes scenery. And, and expect to do well, because if that's who you are, you're not going to mesh well with other teams uh, as far as their players and their coaches are concerned in their front office. So um, when do you start to consider trading him? I don't know. You know, I think that you need to have a meeting with him, Kingsbury and some of the other players on the team and, and chat, literally just chat. It doesn't have to be formal. Does, you know, it can be a weekend getaway type of thing. Um, but I think that they all need to get together at some point. And, you know, if it's still rough after that. Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, Cabo trip. Yeah, some literally something like that. But if, like I said, if it gets, if it stays bad after that, or if nothing feels like it's resolved or if there just feels like there's tension and shit, then yeah, at that point in time, that's when you need to start considering your options because, you don't have much time with the draft right here. I don't know what their draft capital and what their situation looks like, but like you, you're, you're running close. You've got like a month until the draft or two, two months until the draft month or the combine. So time's ticking for the Cardinals for sure. When do you think they should? Um, It's hard because he was the number one overall pick in the draft when he was drafted and he is a better like a hundred times the quarterback prospect that anybody in this draft is and probably next year. I mean, Kyler Murray was one of the best quarterback prospects besides his height uh, to come out in the past, like 20 years. But so I think he's going to have a really, really long leash. I mean, we've uh, to keep it Frank, uh, we've seen dickhead quarterbacks last in this league and we've seen them last with teams for, extended periods of time you know so I think it would have to get pretty bad in Arizona for Kyler to find his way out but we are in an age now where the player more determines what's the what the deal is you know like if he if he really doesn't want to play in Arizona he can hold out until he's traded you know I mean it's really player driven nowadays so I think it would take a lot for the Cardinals to deal Kyler Murray but I mean, it's basically all in Kyler Murray's hands. But something I did want to touch on, this is not surprising to me at all. Because Kyler Murray, if you think about the guy, I mean, he dominated, dominated, not just like was really good. He dominated the entire state of Texas in both football and baseball. And high school sports in Texas is like a religion. So, I can't imagine the things that people were saying to this man. They must have thought he was Jesus Christ walking on the planet. Like, I mean, he must have been treated like a God. And then he goes off and he starts at Oklahoma as the starting quarterback. So you play starting quarterback for Oklahoma, and then you win a Heisman. And then you get drafted number one overall in the NFL draft. And you're in the top 10 of picks in the MLB draft. So, like, this dude is not an underdog whatsoever. This dude has not faced any adversity in his career ever. Um, so, I mean, this, we talked he's about be it. a dickhead. Like, we we talked about adversity, like who people are when they're faced with adversity. That's when you see who an individual truly is, is, is when they're faced with adversity, what, what do they do? How do they go about it? And like you said, we're seeing it with Kyler right now. Um, as far as you ended the season poorly, you got – blown out in the playoff appearance and now you've got 
this stuff going on. I mean, that happened. And now I think you're seeing, you know, his frustration being taken out in this type of way. And unfortunately it's coming to light for him. Yeah. He's just never had, he's never had any criticism in his life. Um, right. In anything. So any sort of criticism coming from people, he had a breakdown. He unfollowed the Cardinals, deleted all of his pictures. I mean, he's a little boy. This is little kids. Tantrum. Yeah. This is a temper tantrum. That's exactly what it is. And it's, in, it's embarrassing for Kyler um, for the end it's so easy to connect the dots like this this dude is where do you think he goes i think he stays in arizona dude i really do like i don't think uh they're gonna be like look you threw a temper tantrum like you're gonna have to figure this out and also i don't know where else he would go like i and with all the turmoil right now who else (laughs) (laughs) trade him for cousins i don't know I think it would take a whole lot. Obviously, it it would take more than that. Yeah, it would take a whole lot for uh, the Cardinals to deal out Kyler. So I don't have any best uh, possible destinations in mind just yet. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on, you know? Dude, real quick. I know we're we're getting down to the end. Did you hear about the B-Enemy stuff? Mm Mm-mm. Dude, apparently this this comes from a high-profile Chiefs player. Most of the guys – uh, I don't know if it's right now or if it might have come out earlier today, but most of the guys tune the enemy out because he does the one thing good coaches don't do, ignores feedback from the players. We have heard from multiple chief staff, including some who stand on the sidelines, that Reed, Mahomes, and the enemy have disagreed over game plans and strategy all year as well as far back to late 2020. The same sources have indicated to us that the reason the enemy doesn't have a head coaching job is because of his temperament and unwillingness to accept feedback from the players. Wow. That's ridiculous. I mean – yeah. And the guy that was in waiting, I was chatting with my buddies or I was reading some of our chat and the guy that was in waiting was Kafka and Kafka just took the giants offensive coordinator position when the chiefs could have gotten rid of the enemy and Kafka could have just slid right up into the OC. So some of my friends think some stuff's going on in Kansas city. Like there's turmoil within their coaching staff right now, but yeah, I just yeah. saw that. And I was like, Hmm, that explains a lot as to why he hasn't been hired as a coach. I didn't have any clue that Eric B. I I have no idea what he sounds like. Like, I mean, that that man hasn't said a word to the public that I've ever seen. So I have no idea what this dude is. I knew there was something going on. I mean, there was a reason why he wasn't getting hired. And it wasn't just because he was a minority coach. Um, he was the offensive coordinator of the most electric offense that we've seen in this league in my lifetime. Um, so that dude gets hired right away if he has the right qualifications, but if you're yeah. turning down player feedback, that's no point. Yeah. No, no point. Especially from what we're looking at is we might agree. One of the best, if not the best quarterback that we've seen. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't, sorry to get off tangent. Uh, but yeah, I saw nah. that the enemy news. And so I was like, Oh man. Yeah. No, that's big stuff. stuff. Yeah. That's big stuff. I mean, we've been searching, begging for an answer for why Eric Bannon yeah. hasn't been hired in any of the coaching cycles of the past four years. And now it's finally starting to come out in a season where the Chiefs didn't exp- didn't end the season where they expected. So yep. now you're seeing the turmoil in Kansas City. Whew, that is definitely a story to watch uh, for the next couple of weeks. It'll be fun if they really get into some turmoil. But yeah. All right. So let's move on from the uh, the Kyler talk. And that was a good, uh, good, br- good bringing up the enemy there, the breaking news there. But um. 
Let's move on to some more of the quarterback news that came out this week and over the past couple weeks. And that is my very own Commanders, Washington Commanders. They are aiming. Is it weird for... saying that? It is, man. Uh, it's just Washington to me. I mean, I I just call them Washington. Like I, it you still weird. say the Redskins. You still say the Redskins, don't you? I say the Redskins when I'm like fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I say the Redskins when I'm fucked up, but that's about it. Like I I kind of I. I gotta get used to saying it, dude. I got to. I can't just rock rock Redskins forever. It's I gotta. Commanders I gotta will a big be boy. easier. The Commanders will be easier to say than Washington football team. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I didn't say it. the amount of times I said football team were probably sub fifty uh, since they were that name. It was just Washington to me. But yeah, the Commanders uh, are aiming for a veteran quarterback trade. Apparently. Um, so this rumor started to really swirl when uh, Ron Vera last Friday was asked about a potential Stafford S kind of trade to bring in a quarterback in Washington. And he said, we would love to have something like that. Uh, or no, would we love to have something like that? Yeah. If the right situation is available, we want to get in on it. So that's obviously Ron Rivera coming out and saying he's open to making a Stafford-like trade. I mean, trading multiple first-rounders and a serious haul for a veteran quarterback. And then something that's really been swirling, uh, Russell Wilson rumors have started to pick up. Uh, Kevin Sheehan in his podcast, in his show, uh, and he was the original report for this, and it came out multiple times afterwards, uh, apparently – Russell Wilson is open to a trade to Washington. And that's only because he's said to be evaluating possibilities right now. And he has his representatives reaching out to different teams. And one of those teams was in fact, the Washington commanders. So obviously he's open to being in Washington, which is nice to hear. Uh, And he's also seems to be kind of, kind of cool with Jonathan Allen. They flicked up at the pro bowl. And um, Jonathan Allen really wants him to come. He was asked about it on Twitter the other day. He said, I hope so. But then you get into the Jimmy Garoppolo rumors that are more recent. So, and I want to clear this up too, because this, uh, I looked at the exact quote and I have it here. It was definitely misconstrued by the public. Like that, uh, it all of a sudden went from this quote to Jimmy G is worth a first rounder in Washington's mind. So, The Athletic had an interview with multiple league executives from across the league, and those sources remain anonymous. But um, this executive, and this is the quote from The Athletic, the executive doesn't think Garoppolo is worth the 11th selection or any first-round choice based on skill set and injury history. Yet he argued the commanders could justify sending the pick to San Francisco should they concede none of the incoming uh, passers are worthy of that selection. Um. Yeah, this was really misconstrued because this is a league executive that is just on the outside looking in and they're just like, oh, yeah, I know the commanders to be a terrible franchise. They're probably open to trading a first round pick for Jimmy G. I mean, it's Washington. That's the kind of vibe that I got from this quote. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was looking at the Russell Wilson stuff even more um, because it makes sense that he would want to go to Washington. Russell Wilson is the type of guy that wants to have an impact and effect on Capitol Hill. He wants, I think he, I'm not saying that immediately, but he's going to have his imprint on 
what is displayed, in my opinion, to the public nationally, um, because that's just the type of guy Russell Wilson is. Like you saw it, he was sitting next to the commissioner at the uh, at the Super Bowl. And if he were to be successful in Washington and maybe bring a championship to Washington, oh man, he would be revered among the public. Uh, so I could see Russell Wilson. It's why it makes total sense as to why he would go to Washington. Now with the Jimmy G stuff, yeah. Um, I agree. You don't say that about a franchise uh, because you never know when the one move is going to completely turn it around um, because we've seen that happen. You go out and you get the right guy, Matthew Stafford. Boom. I mean, I'm not saying Jimmy G is Matthew Stafford, but like Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying Jimmy G is as good as Joe Burrow, but what I'm saying is, is Jimmy G has played in a Super Bowl. Jimmy G has been to an NFC championship game. Like Jimmy G's been there. But I think that he has to have the pieces. His team's him. been there. Jimmy G was on the team. Right. But if, they, if Washington, <laughs> but my, my point is if Washington were to go out to get him and he were to bring them to a division crown, you know, three of the next four years, would you be like, and, and maybe like an NFC championship run or something like that? Like Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo himself would do that. I'm saying, would, if he were the quarterback of the Washington football team in the Washington football commanders and the commanders see I, it's going to take me time to get used to it. and the commanders won three out of the next four nfc east championships even two out of four and made a, a run to like i said the nfc championship game if jimmy g was the quarterback you you would love him and that's when that if. trade would that, that 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 trade would pay dividends everything's an if right now every no if russell wilson comes they get what if washington goes four and 13 then yeah. what the fuck have you done? But you thought at the time that that was the better move. You never know until it all pans out whether or not it's a good move. And that's why I'm saying you can't say that if you're an executive. If Jimmy G wins four straight division titles for us, I'll give him blowjob live on <laughs> Twitch. But that's not going to happen. It's dude. a promise right there. In, <laughs> what are we in? In 2026. Dude, it's just Taylor's- not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Like, you could talk all this stuff. Wait, about wait, I got G. it. I got it. In, in 2026, when Zach Taylor is the head coach of the Washington <laughs> Commanders and Jimmy G has led them to their fourth straight division title, <laughs> that is going to be hilarious because that's when his contract ends for the uh, for the Bengals. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> If that, were to, in this. If, if, that, if that were to happen, that'd be hilarious. But no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I totally understand. Like, it's very hard to justify him being that guy that's going to bring you to that next level for sure. I, I yeah. totally get it. Um, we like, I can't, all these people that are clowning us for thinking that Russell Wilson is going to come to Washington are ridiculous, dude. Like think about as far as teams that quarterbacks want to go to, I would rather go to Washington and the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers defense is just not as good. The offensive line is just not as good. Um, the wide receiver weapons are a little better and you're yeah, running but you know what I'm going to say better. like but um like I mean I could go it's so prestige with the Steelers though too it's like playing okay. at Heinz Field and like yeah yeah okay. no offense but no 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 what, I can't argue this, that what does no, FedEx have that at all no we're the other 30, thing is they're not even, we're 32nd out of 30 we're 32 out of 32 when it comes to prestige bro like don't don't get me wrong like we're third, uh, we just got and our there's name a, a few lot weeks of weeks ago, bro. Right, like, there's a lot of problems in the front office. 
like all as I would argue as, that the front office the, yeah, the front office the team uh, the team itself is built and constructed very well right now. I do agree with you with that. I just think there's too much other bullshit going on outside of the game of football. We were having that, the same talk the other week about Aaron Rodgers and his possibility of coming to yeah, Washington. I, mean, I was I really quick. I was like we're just not an established organ. He doesn't want to associate himself with an organization. But like didn't you bring up the Bucks earlier? I'm not saying that the Bucks are this, you know, and the fact that he doesn't want to follow in somebody's footsteps. Like Tom Brady went to the Bucks. What's the good quarterback there? He all he's got to do is beat out Doug Williams. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe, that's very true. Maybe Mark Brunell. Uh, Joe Theismann. Um, okay, very true. Very true. But yes, my, my point being if, if Rogers were gone, but back to this subject. Um, yeah. Like I said, the other thing that sucks with Washington is that they're where they're located. Like they need to be closer to DC. In my opinion, they got it. They got to do something about that. But like it, Jimmy G is once again, I, I kept going on it. He's not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. He's just going to do what he's got to do to manage. He won't lose you games in a 49ers offense, dude. Like, the way our offense is set up, he will definitely lose us games. Like, the the 49ers, five – you don't throw the ball to Ebo Samuel farther than 15 yards downfield. That's not us, bro. Like, that's yeah. not – that's not that's not Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is the deep threat. Like, I know. you got – you're hitting him downfield, and Jimmy G can't do that. So, if Jimmy well, G – I mean you – know, You know who could be that guy? Curtis Samuel. Yeah. No, that's very true. And there's it's been a lot of talk about him. Uh, we, there's been a lot, a lot of talk about um, using him in the backfield this year because he's built like a, a Debo. Lot of this, you yeah, can like use him like Debo. That's exactly mm-hmm. how they should use him is how San Fran used Debo. That's how I'd use Curtis Samuel. Yeah. And everybody wants to write off Curtis Samuel after the first year of his contract. Which look at Jimmy G's connection with Debo. Debo. What is Jimmy G's connection with Curtis Samuel? I don't want Jimmy G in Washington, much less for it's a it's the most I hate to be that guy, but it's probably the most likely thing that's going to happen. See, okay, so if you were Washington, would you prefer a veteran quarterback or a rookie quarterback this year? Because I, I keep going back and forth. Uh my opinion on it. Vet. I think I think. This team is built to win now. Honestly, that's I what mean, I'm we're saying. Still, You've got a lot of guys young. that are on rookie. Yeah, yep. That's what I was gonna say. You have a lot of guys on rookie deals. The only position of question really is that quarterback position. Yeah, so I would prefer a veteran quarterback. I mean, you saw us in the playoffs just last year give Tom Brady the work and almost beat him in the first round when they went on to win the Super Bowl with and, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, and the defense is really what shined out and. I don't think there's like a huge argument to be made that the Broncos defense is that much better than the Washington defense on paper, you know, and that Washington defense, despite their terrible start to the year, first half of the year, they were great in the second half. So I think Washington's a great destination, a attractive destination. It should be for a veteran quarterback. And for the longest, I wanted a rookie quarterback because I thought that we could wait and if it's going to be Jimmy G, I would rather have a rookie quarterback. But if there's a chance we can get like a a Carson Wentz, like I would prefer Carson Wentz over Jimmy G because Carson Wentz actually has the talent, you know, and obviously Russell Wilson. But, yeah, I would prefer a veteran quarterback at this point. But 
if it's going to be Jimmy G, give me a fucking rookie quarterback, please. <laughs> please. What do you think? I can't get on the Carson Wentz bandwagon. Really? I, I can't, man. I just, I'm not a believer in Carson. After what he did in that Jags game this year, like, I'm sorry. Like, that's just, you had the chance to redeem yourself, you know, from how you went away in Philly and be like, yeah, they made the wrong move getting rid of me. Like I'm going to bring my team to the playoffs. And you had a chance to do that and you couldn't do it. And the guy that they moved on from you with ended up making the playoffs. Like it's, I just, I, I'm not a believer in Carson Wentz. I don't think he's a good clutch quarterback. At least Carson Wentz has the intangibles. At least he has the the physicals to be a good quarterback. And he also won an MVP. Uh, Jimmy G is the farthest thing from winning an MVP that any other quarterback in NFL history could be. Like, he is the worst of the worst. Bro, we've um, seen guys win MVPs and then a couple of years later just off the cliff. Cam Newton. Yeah, but he- – you got that, you got that MVP potential, dude. Like I'm rocking. Yeah, that's with what that. everybody keeps saying about Cam Newton. That's what everybody keeps yeah, saying. Yeah, Cam about Newton's him. over the hill, bro. Carson Wentz still got a little bit of time. But final question, I wanted to ask you real quick: If you were a betting man, does Washington's quarterback problem get solved this year for the coming years? What are what is the definition of the years to come or coming years? How many are we so, talking about? The next five, like, let's say. So your five-year plan, basically. Yeah. And also taking into consideration that if we do draft a rookie quarterback and he's halfway decent through the first five and he's a franchise, like, star the next five, then that would be considered solving the quarterback problem. I don't see it in the draft. I've, I've, look, I've been, I've been talking about this shit since week one of the NFL season about how, the guys that are in this draft class, I just do not believe in them as much as I did with the guys last year. I mean, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett, Desmond like, Ritter, Desmond Ritter, uh, Carson Strong. I know I'm forgetting probably one Sam or two Howell. there. Sam, Sam like, Howell. Dude, these guys just don't pop. These guys don't scream. These guys, you know what these guys all scream? Mitch Trubisky. That's exactly what I think of when I look at this quarterback class. I mean, maybe Corral – it has probably the most upside out of anybody um, just because we've seen what he's done from a dual threat perspective, but like, I just, like, like I said, too. yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, these are all guys that would be probably second, third round picks in any other draft class, but this year, because it's such a bad class um, there, th- that, that's where they are. You know, they're, they're going to benefit from it and good for them. Um, but I just, I, I don't, if, if they decide to go with the draft as their plan for what they're going to do in the next five years, I do not think that that quarterback will be there over five years. He might okay. be in a backup role, wow. but he's not going to be the starting quarterback over the five-year span. Now, okay. do you think we yeah, – I've been wrong home before, run? but I, that, I, I would say that. Um, do you I, think we like hit a home run with a free agent signing, though, or a trade? Dude, I hate to be that guy, but I still think it's – I think it's Jimmy G. I think that Jimmy G will be there for the next – two years maybe and then i think that they look to draft somebody i could i could especially if it goes wrong with jimmy g like if they only make one appearance in the playoffs over the next like three years i i don't i think that they move on and they and they draft somebody jimmy g is our quarterback for the next three years i'm no longer fan that's just that's how it oh, is oh man y'all heard that's it here first it 
You heard it? Nah, bro. First. Like, legit, I've been saying this. Like, if Jimmy G becomes – if that, like, actually – and especially for a first-rounder, we will not talk about the commanders on this podcast for the foreseeable future. We will not talk about the Jimmy G trade. We will not do it. It will so cost me think, too much. Money. All right, so what do you think they do? I think we end up – like – I think we end up drafting somebody because I really don't think the Jimmy G rumors have any legs. I mean, this was just a guy being like, oh, but I think Washington would probably be willing to do it because it's Washington. They would trade a first round pick. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Like, right. But no. I think the fact that it, that it leaked is good for Washington. Yeah, no. And then everybody, hopefully they can see had the reaction to that and um, readjust, replan. But yeah, I, what do I think they're going to do? If it's not Jimmy G, I don't think that rumor has any legs whatsoever. If it's not Jimmy G, I think we draft a quarterback. I think that's what's going to happen. I can't – I think, yeah. Who do you think I mean, unless we – unless it's Russell Wilson. I mean, unless – that's the only guy that not Carson I Wentz? see. <laughs> I don't see Got us you there. <laughs> I don't see us making a move for Carson Wentz, like a, a Matt Stafford kind of move. Like the only guy that Rivera could have been talking about that deserves a Stafford kind of return that's not Aaron Rodgers because it's unrealistic and it's not Tom Brady because now he's retired. It's Russell Wilson. He's got to be talking about Russell Wilson. And Derek that Carr. seems <laughs> – maybe, bro, maybe. I mean, I would be cool with Derek Carr. That's cool with me. But um, I think it's got to be Russ. And I would be willing to give up multiple first-rounders and more for Derek Carr, though. I would do it 100%. Hmm. Interesting. I'll think twice about right. it. Yeah. What if they brought What if they brought Kirk Cousins back? With that contract, you guys would have to give us something. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to come back to the contract. Last thing, you know, we talked about how crucial it is next year for these AFC quarterbacks and why it's going to be that much fun. There's a lot of teams – uh, at least in the NFC that I can think of that are going to have, you know, some cap situations as far as free agency where they're going to either A, have to free the cap up like teams like the Saints, but then B, on the other end, teams that are going to have a lot to spend. Um, so I, it's going to be obviously a very interesting offseason. And uh, yeah, like you said, with your with your commanders, that's, that's at the top right now as far as quarterback needs or needs at any position, really, truly. So, all right. Well, that was a hell of an episode. We planned on uh, doing this live on Twitch, but got to roll with the punches sometimes. So this will be uh, out on all podcasting platforms um, very soon. But So keep an eye out for that. Well, once by the time you'll be listening to this, it will be on podcasting platforms. So hope you enjoyed the episode today. Uh, that does it for me, your host, Kane Schwartz, and for Tyler North. Our first episode run through pretty solid. It was good stuff, man. So yeah, man. Awesome time. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that does it for the Blitz podcast. We will catch you next week. Peace.